You're listening to Uncommon Thinking, a podcast from Advertising Week. The global pandemic forced content marketers to pivot messaging as they sought to strike the right balance of being empathetic whilst also showing utility. At the same time, brand studios looked to deliver additional value as budgets came under increased scrutiny. In this session from Advertising Week Europe 2021, we hear from a leading brand marketer and group creative director about current approaches to content marketing, exploring if behavioral changes are here to stay, virtual production practices, and the role data can play in content marketing. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. I'm Ruth Mortimer, Managing Director for Global Education at Advertising Week. We're here today to talk about the future of content marketing. Now, we all know that the last year has been really challenging for almost all marketers, but in this session, we're going to be asking a leading brand marketer and a creative director about what the future holds for us. So we're going to touch on areas such as consumer behavior, how to handle production, and how creativity and data can work together. We're going to finish up with some takeaways for you. Um, and I'm going to now introduce who I have joining me. I have Jim Piercy. He's the Group Creative Director, EMEA, at the Trust at Wall Street Journal Barron's Group. And I have Brynhild Vinshai, who is the Head of Global Marketing at EPOS. Guys, welcome. Hi, Ruth. So let's start off. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your roles. Bryn, maybe we could start with Yes, of course. So I'm a head of global marketing for EPOS and the enterprise segment. So my uh, responsibility lies in bringing this new global audio brand uh, to the world. Uh, and that is uh, just growing the brand in, in general in a very crowded audio space. Hmm? Great. And Jim? Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so I am the group creative director of the Trust which is the brand studio of the Wall Street Journal, Barron's and Market Watch. Uh, our team works with clients and agency partners on high touch custom programs. So that could be anything from video, podcasts, articles, white papers, infographics, live events, or any combination of those. Great. Sounds pretty exciting. So let's talk a little bit about how we got to where we are now and put um, put things in context. So the last year, it's brought multiple challenges for marketers in terms of how to strike that right balance between being visible in the market during a pandemic while being empathetic in your messaging. So I'd really like to delve into how, from your standpoint, you've experienced the last year. Jim, maybe we could start with you. Uh, you're you're absolutely right, Ruth. It's been um, it's been a really difficult time for brands to walk that line between being present in the market whilst being sensitive to the fact that this was and, and is continues to be um, a, a global challenge. What we've seen in 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 the past year certainly is the um, growing importance of context and environment. By which I mean. As an advertiser, where are you putting your content? There has never been a greater need for credible news. And I honestly feel like I've been saying that for the last few years. And it does genuinely feel more important every year because leaders have to continue to learn, right? You know, 
and, and we deliver content to leaders. We reach the most influential community of decision makers in the world. And our clients and prospects look to us to help them make sense of that landscape. So um, back in spring last year, we created a white paper advertising during a crisis, which reported on the state of the economy and its impact on advertising and, and brands. And one of the insights that we highlighted in there was that there actually was an appetite in the market to hear from brands. People wanted to hear from brands. They didn't want people to kind of revert um, from the, the public. And so our, our approach is to, has always been to offer like utility. Um, there, there was, there still clearly is a lot of uncertainty in the market, but by delivering that white paper, that deep sector knowledge, we're actively helping brands and agencies in helping them craft their marketing responses. So that is a long way around of saying that as a publisher, the first crucial way of, of helping um, your clients is giving them a safe space to publish and um, a platform with credibility and, and integrity. Uh, and from there, offering them the utility of a fast moving, but skilled team that can pivot around COVID restrictions, understand market appetite, and then use a consultative approach to help brands communicate in the right way. And Epos released a content program last year called Bad Audio is Bad Business, great name. And can you tell us a little bit about that content strategy? Was this something you were already planning to do? Did you have to pivot because of the pandemic? No, actually, it was part of our plan to go live with this campaign. It's our launch campaign of the uh, EPOS in the enterprise market. Um, so we had the plans and everything ready. We had a big survey to back up uh, this uh, campaign with Bad Audio is Bad Business. And we were all ready to go live and then COVID really hits. Uh, so we had to make a lot of adaptions and change many things. Like I mentioned earlier with uh, talking into verticals, that was not part of our plan. But we quickly saw that that's needed. Uh, and we also needed to talk to everyone working from home uh, because that was not our plans when going live with this campaign. We talked more into, you know, the people in the office, in the meeting rooms, in the contact centers. Um, but as COVID hits, uh, everyone was working from home. So we had to adapt the campaign to make it more relatable uh, for, for our end users. So it was very much a big change in that side. Also part of the campaign uh, and our activities in general in marketing is a lot of trade shows and events. So our, our budget switches switch very drastically because uh, the events are extremely expensive, as you probably know. So we got a very um, a much heavier budget on the, the content side uh, and also for the digital side, which was a, a big change, but a, a really effective one for us and where we also learned a lot. Yeah. Great. And when um, talked there about having to adapt, Jim, from a publisher point of view, we heard a lot last year about brands being reluctant to um, be present or comment during the crisis. Did you see a decrease in the amount of content marketing you were seeing? Or like Bryn, did you actually see brands investing more in it? Yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, ad revenue globally suffered over the past year. That was on a kind of fairly robust growth trajectory and to a mid-year decline of around 11%. 
and you know we hear about decreased ad spends which is natural in times of uncertainty i mean i'm old enough to remember at least two recessions and that was certainly the case but you know what we've actually seen is is the opposite and i think there is a correlation there between again this there's never been a greater need for credible news credible platforms the wall street journal is the number one most trusted news source in the us and because of that i think we've seen record numbers of people turning to us in february we hit the milestone of four million paying members that's three million of those are digital and we've had our, one of our best ever um, digital ad revenue quarters so clients are coming to us safe in the knowledge that we have that right audience a growing audience as i say we reach that community these influential decision makers and brands want to to speak to and engage those audiences um and trust us what what we do everything that the trust encapsulates is kind of instrumental in helping brands and helping to drive our growth but also also their growth i mean there is a you know kind of a, a lot of studies that say that you should continue to advertise and through through crises and the companies that do always end up you know in kind of in a in a better position after the fact and so you know we're creating these customized solutions everything from our insight from our intelligence team the sector knowledge of our editorial there's award-winning video the work is specific to each client and so we're able to draw on all those skills to help clients understand the issues offering utility and helping them get into the market at an important time great and we've looked back a little bit at last the last year of the pandemic and how that has affected content marketing bring it into the presence how does it work now in terms of actually creating the content for clients is it easier harder working remotely um Bryn talk to me about what your teams have been doing Yes, so I uh, definitely think um, it's easier and harder, I guess, both. Um, we do, um, we've done a lot more content uh, than we planned to do. Uh, and also, as mentioned previously, a lot more in the vertical focused. Uh, and for us, it's been very important, as Jim also mentioned, to be credible and to be uh, to speak the right message to the right audience. That's also what we have focused much on. We have also used the, the big credible brands, uh, media outlets to to communicate our message. Because as Jim mentioned, that's been also important for our consumers as well. Um, and uh, on the content part, I think um, we have done a lot of uh, surveys. To, so together with Ipsos, for instance, who is a well-known uh, research firm, where we have asked our uh, target audience what's important for them, uh, but also how much time they spend on audio issues and a part of that survey for instance we discovered that 95 percent of the end users and decision makers experience daily issues with the uh, sounds in meetings or when working from home which is a pretty high number and that's of course uh, content or insights that we can use to create good content for both our partners and end users um, in our communications yeah that's a that's a really great insight that I think almost anyone could relate to. Um, Jim, tell us a bit about the production process for you. Has it been easier to get clients to sign things off? Does it change the nature of the creative process working remotely? There's there's definitely been been huge changes, and and I think you know it's 
it's not really a surprise to me that globally the the creative teams have been um, able to respond to this, not just to the increase in workload, which we've seen, but this, you know, complete sea change in the working environment, which goes well beyond, you know, our industry and what we do. Um, what I think the pandemic has highlighted is what potentially was already happening, which is that people learn about brands in lots of different ways. How you reach audiences is evolving. You probably need more tools in your arsenal because people are consuming and interacting with brands in different ways. Um, onto the, you know, on the on the actual practicalities of that, like right at the start of lockdown, we partnered with Emilia Romagna Tourism Board to promote the Motor Valley Festival. And we were due to go to that festival, film on site, and then kind of it shifted to virtual and we had to pivot how we produced that whole program. So instead of collecting content at the event, we basically had three weeks to interview the CEOs of the like the finest auto manufacturers in the world from Ferrari, Ducati, Maserati. And we had to do that virtually because they were kind of located pretty much in the epicenter of the pandemic. So like personally, like, I'm used to being in the room, you know, and helping set up angles and cr like critically building rapport with people. And so like, I was really nervous about that. But I think what it did do was it, it's a, it was a real baptism of fire because this was like two weeks into lockdown. And it really taught us how to pull on all these different skills that we have. Um, and, and actually, whilst maybe we'd have done things slightly differently in person, like the, the quality is excellent. So I'm really pleased with what the team managed to pull off. But um, say it's just given us those, those kind of extra skills um, because, you know, you, you, you're almost opening up a wider suite of, of work to pull on you know like audio content which was which was a, a growing area for for us but we've seen a huge uptick in that because it makes sense right it's an active format it delivers content from our reporters and it positions a brand as a facilitator for that conversation but frankly compared to a virtual video shoot it's it's offering such a so much lighter lift for a client, you're not asking a CEO to set up a camera in in an office. So it's about that consultative approach. Yes, there are these parameters that we're working with, but it's also always about the the kind of end result. I mean, obviously, Bryn, our partnership um, is a podcast series, and we both had to flex around COVID restrictions and market upheaval, but the format makes sense because EPOS make the finest audio equipment in the world. So we could have written about that and that would have also been within COVID parameters, but audio made more sense. And so um, stepping forward from um, where we are right now to what's coming up in future, which of these kind of short-term pivots you had to make um, do you think are going to actually turn into long-term change? What's going to stay with us, Bryn? I definitely think uh, the content that we have uh, produced so far, we're going to continue uh, in that direction uh, and we're going will continue with virtual events as well, even though we go back to physical events, because uh, virtual events is also um, a nice and cheaper way to reach uh, your target audience. 
Um, and also the podcast that we have done is uh, the Power by Audio is super, super exciting content and really um, it's, it's, it's very high level as well, but really talks about how, what um, difference sound make and uh, a lot of really interesting points on sound and audio in general that I wasn't aware of myself from key uh, industry experts. Uh, so the credibility behind the podcast is also there because you have someone like Randy Zuckerberg, who's the host who people know and can relate to. Um, and you have really good audio uh, experts in there to talk about it. So that's definitely something we'll continue with as well. Um, and then it's just uh, in general, we will continue to stay agile uh, in our work because we know that there might come something again where we need to change. Um, so definitely plan long-term and short-term, but also with always with the, the plan or the, the need to stay agile. And do you think, Bryn, what changes in consumer behaviour have you seen over the last year and what do you think will be with us there for the long term? Well, I think we all can agree that uh, working from home uh, has been something that we've seen, of course, but something that will stay. So definitely the trend of hybrid work, um, where actually Accenture did a survey where they saw that 46% of those people who did uh, not work from home be before has now said that they will continue to work from home after the pandemic. So that's a really good insight as well. And I definitely think that the hybrid work in general, so you know, two days in the office, three days from home, for instance, is the new working trend. And it's also gonna be a demand for the new workforce coming as well. Um, and then also, I think um, the uh, the rapid uh, growth in technology and interactive experiences is something that's just going to continue. Um, and that's some, something that companies still need to, to learn how to really leverage. Uh, I think we, we have learned very quick this year. I think a lot of brands have as well. But I think that's something where we continue to learn. Uh, and also the consumer are they expect us to be digital and they expect us to have like a full uh, journey, a full, really good customer experience journey that I, we at least work on uh, to improve every day. Uh, and I think that's also a challenge many brands will have uh, and are working on at the moment. Great. And Jim, from your perspective, with a wide view of, um, of lots of different brands, what kind of changes do you think will be around for the long term? Um, well, it's interesting that Bryn spoke about budget there because we, what I certainly experienced was uh, this view that potentially, certainly, certainly in terms of video, that virtual shoots would be somehow cheaper. When actually, like sometimes you're sending out three times the amount of kit, you're receiving you know three to four times the amount of footage from different locations with different um, staff, camera people, um, and that, that presents a, a, a challenge. So actually you know, going back to what was normal might even be a, a money saver. But um, I, I think there will be change in in my opinion. As Bryn said, the, it, this has accelerated a lot of future practice anyway, like the increasingly mobile workforce and virtual events and virtual content creation. I think those COVID shifts are likely here to stay. The proliferation of virtual events has meant that more people can access those those conversations perhaps you know where they wouldn't have been able to before if that was contingent on budgets and travel and schedules and from our side 
you know, on, on the live event and content captured side is meant increased access to that talent because basically if you've got a laptop there's no escape we know you can we know you can record it now um does that mean that we will never see clients in person again no that's unlikely but i think what what it does mean is that we have more levers to pull on now you know like again if you if you have to film with the ceo of a company and you know you can do it virtually and that was in march last year what that means is going forward is that you have you know we've we've created more entry points for a client for clients and and for brands to get out there with content so i think there is certainly a desire in the market to return to in person but it's definitely going to be a hybrid model because the genie is out the bottle and there are things that are, are actually great from a sustainability point of view from an access point of view that, that have been accelerated during the last year so talking um a little bit about other changes one of the big changes at the moment coming up seems to be um around data around what you can do with customer data first party data third party data cookies um Jim, talk to me a little bit about the role of data in creativity Okay, um, I, I like this question um, because you know I, I think we should be clear that data and creativity shouldn't be seen as um, conflicting entities, right? And as a as a creative director, of course, there are parts of what I do that are perhaps more intangible than hard numbers. But great commercial advertising work has always relied on data and insight and it's just i think that we have a lot more of that data now and it's incumbent on creators and marketers to um, interpret that data to help our clients and to solve their problems using intelligence to inform creative is something we do every day at the trust it's not something to be frightened of it actually makes the work better you know we've always placed an emphasis on that as advertising has forever by the way you know it, it informs our storytelling we're lucky again i have a range of proprietary tools that i can pull on to do this so i have things like factiva right which is a database of over thirty thousand premium news sources and that gives me a view on how themes are playing out in the market what people are interacting with what's timely what's topical um but we have first party data solutions we have contextual targeting and we have tools obviously to track and monitor performance of a campaign while it's live and we continue to make investment in ad tech but my background is say i you know i went to art college so i'm biased you can't automate great ideas but what you can do is use that data in, and intelligence to inform great content and to make sure that that content is seen by the right people in the right context at the right time so it's using those connected insights um driven by the data and also the expertise that you have on your audience so that combination of data and creativity is critical to make the best work work that is more likely to kind of exceed kpis and and critically deliver roi which really is what all this is about so um obviously data is going to be one big theme for the future but social impact is going to be another and we saw over the last year 
consumers having really high expectations of brands. Bryn, do you think that's going to continue? Yes, definitely think so. I definitely think that um, a brand's communication needs to go beyond the products. It needs to be more value driven in general. Uh, and that is also the, I think the future in general of, of content marketing is also more value driven communication combined with, of course, the, the key benefits of the, the brand's products. Perfect. And guys, we're almost out of time. So I wanted to ask you if you could perhaps give our audience some takeaways about what you think the future of content marketing is going to be. Jim, I'm going to start with you. Uh, okay, well, look, I, I don't know whether we're going to see a monumental shift, certainly in the next 12 months, but there are two core areas for us that I think will become more important, which would be context and utility. And content being one of the most effective tools to engage audiences, you know, whoever they are. And I don't see that changing, but there will be more content in the market. And so it's even harder to stand out. So the key is not just producing great content, but making sure that it's in the right environment, the right context, because however amazing your creative is, just throwing stuff into the digital ether isn't enough. Like you have to work with publishers and platforms with a deep understanding of their communities and tailor content to them and it's it this sounds so obvious but we have to remind ourselves all the time as a as a publisher that it's it's not just about your client it's about your client's client in our case our membership base that's who the work is for um and, and secondly utility like branded content it is yeah it's becoming even more prominent and you have to give your readers something that they can use you have to be cognizant of the fact that people came to for example in my, in our case wsj.com for a reason and with advertising you're asking them to go somewhere else to spend time with something else so what is that value exchange you have to add utility so in the same way that our readers use the wall street journal editorial to inform their decision be that you know a business or an investment decision we want to offer that same level of utility to commercial partnerships we want to create work that can be used as a resource great Bryn. any takeaways for our audience Yes, well, I would say I totally agree with Jim and everything that he has to say here on that one. Uh, and I think just, you know, uh, as an end customer consumer, you're bombard bombarded with the uh, impressions uh, and communication. So I think making the message relevant, uh, as Jim also mentioned, to the right audience at the right time, the personalization of content is going to be key. And also, as mentioned previously, I think the value driven part of the communication is also going to be important for brands uh, to stand out, uh, but also to, for, for the end customers to really care about um, the brands. Perfect. So thank you, guys. Um, I think we've heard about the importance of context. That's only going to get more important. Using data to boost your creativity, about making sure you make social impact and provide a values-driven um, campaign. and most of all remain flexible you've got to think both short and long term at the same time thank you so much jim and bryn great thanks very thank much Ruth. thanks bryn thanks jim thanks Ruth. thanks for listening 
For more content like this or to find out about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com or follow us on your preferred social media platforms.